the in, my integrity won't allow me to make certain music. I'm not like thirsty and and just hungry just to make any type of money. Like I'm, I, you know, I'm blessed. To, I mean, I, I do okay, so I don't have to just sign on to anything. And especially for my name or my artistry, it has to be to your point, like a Stevie model. You can play Stevie's music anywhere in church. A kid can listen to it, an elder can listen to it, and that's that's all I'm doing. Like I'm not gonna ever compromise, you know, who I am. Interludes, a pure Lighthouse production. This episode is brought to you by Interludes Extra Talk on Tuesdays. Subscribe today to our Interludes YouTube channel and never miss an episode. And now, all the way live from the south side of Chicago, give it up for your host, Val The Voice Johnson. celebrating Black Music Month and again we have welcoming back our music producer award-winning talented musician and singer songwriter Mr. Kendall Nesbitt. Yes, hey now family. Former extraordinaire. <laughs> oh yeah. What's up y'all? What's up man you just coming off the date over this uh, uh, past weekend at uh, Naperville Soul Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to have crowds out there. People got to hear your music. Uh, tell us about that experience. How, what was that like? It was cool, man. It was uh, it was overwhelming. It, it was exciting. That was my technically like my third appearance uh, doing something as a solo artist. So I did this uh, thing at base camp, and then I did a TV show, and then the Soul Fest, which was really cool because from my my understanding, it was over eight thousand uh, attendees. So that was to to kind of launch and break your you know your solo act in the in the venue like that was was pretty cool. Absolutely, and it was here uh, locally. Those of you right. um, who are, are listening from other areas, Naperville is a uh, suburb of Chicago. It's a pretty wealthy suburb. It is. Uh, it's a predominantly white suburb. Yes, this it is. This was a soul festival, mm-hmm. and it brought out a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people came out to uh, hear, hear Mr. Kendall Nesmith and his band. Tell us about the the, uh, the live music, the band. How does one go about putting that together? And is it a different feel than when you're working in the studio trying to put your songs together? Very much so. Uh, stu- I mean, I love studio and it's cool, but that's sort of the... Uh... It's kind of the template. It's the, it's the groundwork just to get the idea and get the concept. But of course, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a foundation. But when you put that extra spice of the live element on it, man, that just like, it, it, it's nothing like the connection of live music and and having feeding off the crowd and you know everybody playing their individual parts because they bring, they bring their own spirit and their energy to it. So it's different, you know, I produce my own music, so I'm playing all the instruments, but that's my interpretation. So when you get a band involved, 
they have their own interpretation and that's that's what makes it cool that synergy you know so that's always to me a better experience because now everybody is kind of uh, creatively uh putting putting something together so we feed off of each other and it was uh, an honor because i love music festivals i i travel mm-hmm. to them i this is uh, the benefit of us coming out of COVID is to you know just get together and have a good time uh, one of the uh, disc jockeys from a local radio station lady red was kind of one of the main hosts and she was cracking jokes and stuff but she says look at all these beautiful black people ain't nobody shooting and right nothing crazy is happening and it was i felt the love because you surrounded yourself with family Alvia, 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 and they came on Antoinette. They came to do your back backing vocals, and they sounded superb. Amazing. How did that conversation start with you saying, "Hey, I want you to jump on and and help me with this live performance"? You know, we had been talking. I mean, since we were teenagers, you know, we work in church all the time together. Exactly, mm-hmm. and. Um, I don't know. We were just talking and I knew it was coming up and I say, Hey, would, would y'all sing backgrounds? They were like, Oh my God. Yeah. Cause of course we would be honored and honored. We got you. And, uh, so I sent them the music and, you know, kind of broke down the parts of what I wanted and they killed it. And I, to your point, uh, me and Brian were teasing another cousin of ours. Yeah. He's like, man, so you didn't call me and I should have been, I said, you're out of town, dude. The budget, it wasn't, that wasn't a budget. I'm not about to fly you up and pay you. No, that's a different kind of thing. When you're here. Maybe we can work something. <laughs> but we always work together, me and Brian. You know that. So um, exactly. But it's nothing like doing it. You know, we we are blessed to have a musically talented family, as you know. Yeah. So really, it, the whole stage can be full of family playing instruments and, and and making it happen. So it was a blessing that they can do it, and they they also do it professionally. You know, yeah. uh, at a point, you know, they live in L.A. and they moved back to Chicago when they were teenagers. Mm-hmm. They were recording out there and the father, Alvin Albu, he was recording and working with Telly, Teddy Riley and different people. So they they have that uh, professionalism. They work in the studio. They do backgrounds for different artists here locally. Uh, They're on the praise team at like one of the biggest, most progressive churches, the New Life uh, with John Hanna. So they're used to that level of of excellence anyway so it was it was a no-brainer like if i'm gonna get anybody and it's family and it and they can get it done yeah yeah let's do it As a musician, because uh, I'm not one, as a musician, is there something to uh, family harmonizing, harmonies? Uh, I've heard that, you know, when you think about some of the duos and duets and mm-hmm. such that, that families, the Judds, the Everly Brothers, uh, Isley Brothers, mm-hmm. that when, you ha- when you're related, there's something that you- your voice is able to do something different than if you are, you know, strangers, or you and I were trying to sing together. It wouldn't right. sound the same as kind of like a family harmony. Is, is there mm-hmm. something to that? 
Absolutely. It's the timber. I mean, it's family. It's blood. So, okay. I mean, you're connected because it's blood, A. But then B, so you almost sound the same. You you can almost kind of think be like uh, like before somebody even says or does something, you've tapped into it because of that that blood connection, growing up together, and uh, just having the same heart. Uh, and like I said, a biological connection. So yeah, it's it's definitely different. Like the Clark sisters, they all they sound the same. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they have that same tone. So yeah. Yeah. So you were talking about uh, live music and how much you enjoy performing. Uh, but your background is as a producer. Like people listening to us mm -hmm. now have probably heard songs that you worked on, that you've done production on and worked with. Um, I have a question off of that, and that's this. Mm -hmm. When I listen to the radio, and I don't listen to that often, I, I listen to new music, but I don't really listen to radio so much. That's the same thing. <laughs> It, a lot of it sounds alike mm -hmm. and and over the years i've come to understand that because people are producing some of the same producers are working on some of the same songs that they have a a sound mm -hmm. to it and that sound seems to kind of carry over the artist that it doesn't really matter who the artist is if they're working with that producer mm -hmm. it's gonna be that sound yeah. to it and I'm wondering mm -hmm. as a musician what your and also as a producer what your thoughts are about that I mean the criticism the cri critical view of it is that we've coming out of hopefully we're coming out of it an age mm -hmm. of black music that is just cookie cutter mm -hmm. three people producing everything and it all <laughs> sounds alike and now we're coming into a time when maybe it's out of COVID that we're getting back to a lot of music so we're getting different sounds mm -hmm. different uh expressions and things are opening up a bit more what's your view on on the music as as it stands now uh now that can be a long answer but i'll try to consolidate it <laughs> uh I, I think one thing okay so i understand the um i understand the hustle to it because it's the music business so a lot of times the producers are trying to uh, replicate a sound that is like the hot sound at the moment, you know, the top 40 sound or whatever. So if it's trap and that's the thing, or if it, you know, then they, they want to make it easy for the, the programmers on radio or the DJs or whoever to just insert that tune so that it can just be playlisted with the other tunes. So I get that part of it. Um, as a musician, I'm kind of like, I'm an old soul, but I'm new school. So I'm like right in the middle because I grew up in the 90s and in 2000. So I, I know I, I was in the music industry when technology took over. Uh, you know, when, when that, we were working on Studio Vision and, you know, Cubase and then Pro Tools and all of that sort of stuff. But we learned music. So when the music programs left the schools, all the kids had, the kids grew up programming. So they didn't really learn how to play music. You know, they didn't learn an instrument. They just learned how to get on the laptop, Fruity Loops or what have you. And that's when it shifted. And that to your point, Mike, that's when it all started to sound the same because they're using the same samples, using the same drum loops, you know, et cetera. And it just took over, you know. Um, whereas I like to kind of connect both worlds. Yeah, I drum program and I use, I don't use samples at all. Like every hat, every snare, every sound you hear, I'm literally playing it, uh, but I like to give it that 
cleaner, more crisp sound so that it can compete with a current mix on the radio. But I like the musicianship of it because I'm a musician at the end of the day. I grew up in church. I'm a music guy. Um, mm -hmm. So just a bunch of samples and to your point, sounding like everybody else. That's not really my lane, but I don't knock theirs because it's innovative and it has its place too, you know, so if I answered your question. <laughs> yeah, the one thing that I'm, I'm noticing, especially independent artists, they have to kind of go about promoting themselves in a different, different way. Uh, one of my favorite soul artists is Eric Roberson. Oh, yeah. Never signed. Yeah, he never signed a deal or a. I think he was offered either by Epic or one of those big country, uh, one of those big record companies. And he said, "You know what? I want to have full control of my masters. Mm -hmm. I want to have full control of of my sound." And recently, Anita Baker just got her masters and right. uh, chance to rap. Chance helped her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How important is it for you to? be yeah. in control of your which masters. i didn't know that I, like, wow. I didn't know that either uh i think it's extremely important and just where we are in time right now mm -hmm. it's achievable you know back in the day you couldn't get um exposure without the major labels or distribution or what have you but of course you know World Wide Web, Internet, you can just upload your stuff and the world can get to it. So you don't you don't necessarily have to go through, you know, quote the gatekeepers uh, to get your stuff done. You don't have to book a studio session and, and, and the label fronts you and pays for it. If you you know, you got a couple of dollars, you can do it in your home and put it out, you know, so you can own your masters now like everybody can. And I think that's important, you know, whether you succeed or become, you know, top, you know, Bruno Mars status Beyonce or whether you like you said, Eric Roberson, he's working, he's eating, he's making money, he's, you know, successful, he has a following. Mm -hmm. So he he's successful and he's making it happen, you know, so you don't necessarily need the majors. Um, once you find that angle in, in your niche, you, you go with it and, and make it happen. But when you own it, you never know what the next 20, 30, 50 years, you never know where your music can land. And yeah. so if you own it and somebody picks it up and it's in a movie or it's in a campaign or what have you, then you're getting your image, your likeness, your sound, you own it. So you can negotiate and you can, you know, uh, versus a middleman or somebody else owning what you make. I think it's it's the musician's paradise. It's the creator's paradise because you can now get that business side of it that once before wasn't available. I, I think that's Prince. I mean, to me, if when I go back and think about yep. where this started, uh, we give a lot of credit and, and, and credit is due Chance. And Chance did a wonderful thing with Anita, uh, with Anita Baker and her music. But I know that he is drawing off the influence from what Prince did. Oh, yeah. The Prince, and, and I'm talking about, I mean, I know people remember when he wrote on his face and changed his name and did all these interesting <laughs> things. But even at, before that, he set up MPG Music Club online. He was innovative, like, there at, at the very beginning of, like, you know, selling merchandise, his own merchandise. Then from there, he's like, I'm going to put out my own music. I don't like how Warner Brothers mm -hmm. is treating me got away from them, started marketing himself, got his own distribution deal, got his own record label, 
and he kind of laid a blueprint of like how one could go about doing that so that you get somebody like Chance that comes on and says like, I don't need a deal. Or as, as Valerie pointed out, you know, other newer right. artists, like, I don't need a deal. Um, in terms of your music, mm -hmm. what 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 do you see as your path? Is Will it be kind of a path, a kind of independent, um, or is it going to be with someone, partnership that makes sense for you with a major uh, label, that distribution, that kind of security and um you know that path what what path do you think is right for you now what do you see your, how do you see yourself as you move forward well currently i i am independent it's i mean it's all me but i'm open to a partnership uh if it makes sense you know and i know they have these um they have sort of like these these i guess production houses management houses i think Steve Stout has one. It's like 300 M here, you know, or like Universal Music. They have certain distribution companies, from what I understand, kind of tap interested, and we'll give you the, you know, we'll give you a majority share, but we may take, you know, and I don't know what the exact percentage is, maybe you know, 20 percent or an admin deal, as people do, uh, where you own the majority, but they give you a, a larger, you know, a broader look worldwide. So. You know, you got to be careful with the independent talk or the conversation because it just depends on what you want for your own career. So, you know, you can say, hey, I'm independent, but then you're local and you're only making a couple dollars. Or you can say I'm global and I'm major and I partnered with somebody kind of like the Shark Tank concept. Like, hey, you know what? This is my idea. We, let's figure something out. I'll give you a percentage and then you blow. So I'm open to it. I'm just doing it like that now because nothing has uh, shown up that is is worth exploring partnering yet if it comes and it makes sense absolutely i'm open to it but you know i'll just kind of keep grinding and and uh i'll do the groundwork and the footwork so that when it comes i'm like hey i've got the music it's done it's mixed it's, it's ready and then you know they don't have to help me on that part it's just about how do we you know kind of get it to the masses so. let's get into your latest single i wanted to take a listen to it and for you to kind of talk on the other side of what went into writing this and producing it? This is I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you. Right, cousin. All right, now I hear you. I hear you. 
All right. What are you hearing in that, Michael? What 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 influences are you hearing in that song? Oh, I, I, the bounce. I love the, the kind of the, the very upbeat tempo to it. Um, man, it, it you know I, I I could hear I could hear the Stevie in it. You know, wow. Stevie was like what I was feeling like. I was like, yeah, man. All right. That's that's what I'm talking about. That's the music that we miss. That's not, that's not what I'm hearing on the radio wow. right now. And I used to love, uh, I re- it reminded me of when George Benson would just harmonize with his guitar. And I mm. used to love listening to uh, Masquerade. And there's just a part where he's not even saying the words. He's just playing. Right. And, and it's, uh, Stanley um, and there's other there's other musicians that do you know very similar yeah, things Stanley as well Clark so I, I've, I I kind of heard you harmonizing with the kind of mm-hmm. main dig of that what right. went into pr- the production of I'm Feeling You I um, it was like a jammy blues I don't know we were just jamming in the studio and I was because I was working on another project at the time mm-hmm. and it and it just it just came out out of nowhere like I was messing around on the keyboard I was like oh this is crazy so I start just coming up with a like I don't write lyrics down I it's most of the time I write it's it's like the track and the music guides what I should be doing so I base it off the music so once I had the music laid you know I just kind of was vibing and then the, the hook just came out of nowhere and it's funny you say Stevie because everybody that that uh says something about the song they say Stevie or they say Michael Jackson, or they say like one said Fred Hammond, and like it's got that feel to it, yeah. which is, is like a major honor. And you just never know; these are big influences, and it comes out when you start, you know, kind of putting it together. So, yeah. yeah. And I'm talking; I was flirting; I was kind of macking to my wife, you know, when we first started dating. So it was oh. really, it was easy to write that, that one because it was like that was our story. <laughs> that was from my perspective. So it was, yeah. Nobody's doing. See, that's the thing. They're not telling stories like these kids. They just want to jump right in the bed with a with a chick, but they don't want to court her and, and talk to her and get to know her and develop something. You know, so I think we need that back. You know, I would love that to come back, and I would love the whole talk for a minute. Girl, yes. I want to know your name. I mean, <laughs> Girl, I, you that's know, feel good. That's good, man. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're right. Some subtlety. Don't just go straight. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Create some space to work with. Some room uh-huh. to some move to grow. Yeah. yeah, I'm a little frustrated with some of the some of the um, soul artists that have just started coming right out cursing, and I'm like, I I'm used to hearing cursing and profanity in like you know rap songs not a love right. song really right right i don't hey. want to call nobody out but you know some people come <laughs> to my mind but i'm just kind of like i can't uh-huh. like this song i can't like it because you talking crazy <laughs> i was singing crazy <laughs> i'll tell you something i made a vow i made a vow i'll never well because first of all you know i still work with the church i still have i work with kids like i'm not the in my integrity won't allow me to make certain music or even work go. with with certain like i can't i can't at this point I'm not like thirsty and and just hungry just to make any type of money. Like I'm, I, you know, I'm blessed. To, I mean, I, I do okay, so I don't have to just sign on to anything. And especially for my name or my artistry, it has to be to your point like a Stevie model. You can play Stevie's music anywhere in church. A kid can listen to it, an elder can listen to it, and that's that's all I'm doing. Like I'm not gonna ever compromise, you know, who I am. 
Yeah. You know, the other, other way I, I looked at that is like cookout music. Yep, yeah, exactly. So it can you have, can you light up the grill, <laughs> break out the food, and can have, can can family and families be there at different generations? Can yes, you sir. put on the music, press play, let it roll, feel comfortable, <laughs> right? Feel comfortable. Let it go. <laughs> Or do you have to go like, oh, no, 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 don't play six. Don't play six. <laughs> Wait, which version you got of that, man? Like, if, if you got to do that. Exactly. Do that, exactly. Something going on. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. You know? Mm -hmm. So when yeah. are you going and to And it can be... be done. You're not corny. I think, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. You're not corny. No, I'm people not... think, like, it's corny to be you know have a standard i don't, I don't know it's, just, it's crazy no 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 it, it is excellent to have a standard because you're representing not only yourself but your family you're representing other musicians Absolutely. and then you teach uh, musicians and musicality so that is no nothing is corny about what you do and i i i i am so proud of what you have accomplished and what you're what things are going to be doing in wow. your music career and and you coming to the front of the stage so that's kind of the, the fun part of of watching you grow because uh michael i've i've known kendall since yeah it's, mm -hmm. zero it's, before i knew how to do anything <laughs> <laughs> no this is this is like me being a big sis and a cuz like yo oh, yeah. man i am so freaking proud when's the next uh, performance or things that if people wanted to catch you doing either performing show the world and i'm feeling you where would they go so i have a uh, august 6th actually tyler man uh film festival and i'm uh walt women and soul children are on that bill they're celebrating like 40 years or something so i'm doing that and um there's some stuff in between that i'm working on i just haven't sealed it yet so i haven't put it out but there may be a like one or two more big festivals that i i can jump on and be a feature and i'll definitely let you know so that's the one I know for sure that I'm doing it. We we locked it in, and you know. So. Yeah, and at the Soul Fest, we actually connected, so I actually have his information. and was telling yeah. Michael about that. Michael, you have anything else? Man, oh. congratulations on the music! It is uh, you, impressive, and I mean, people that are looking for new music, uh, I hear all the time people frustrated with what they're they're listening to on the radio know that there is a place or space in a musician that's creating something that you can listen to with your kids with your grandma with, with auntie with all of them and and and, and as you said hey corny it's good this is good <laughs> thank you we're so proud of you and we welcome you come back anytime we you know we like i said i get hype every time i listen to our theme song to do stuff and we just literally just created a new brand and everything and so I, oh, i'm wow. not done i'm cutting some more so okay i'm excited um, and talk to me i can give you another track if you want to kind of revamp it and do something else that's fire 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 so we will be having a conversation <laughs> afterwards so that'll okay. be love oh my gosh okay. mr kendall nesbeth it is mr womble and val the voice johnson i am and we are interludes Have you seen it? It's the Weekly Chat with EP Michael Womble, Coach Tony, and Val The Voice Johnson. Interludes Extra presents 
Talk on Tuesdays. Join us and other special guests as we break down the latest topics surrounding music, movies, and sports every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, live in the chat on our Interludes YouTube channel. Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson, written by Michael Womble, produced by Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson, original intro and outro music produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a pure Lighthouse production. This episode is brought to you by Interludes Extra Talk on Tuesdays, where we highlight people of color in spaces of television and film. To subscribe to our YouTube channel, or join our Interludes Facebook group, visit the website linktr.ee forward slash Pure Light Media. Interludes.